It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Why is it so hard to find the source of this outbreak? Is it because China is so opaque? Is it because WHO is not sharing information? Why is this so difficult? I think one of the things is that we need better access to all the information. I mean, it's obviously in China's interest to find out exactly what it is. And the is of the of the natural theory would be to find that link. I, I don't understand what China he is talking about. It's in China's interest to find out. They'll find out and they'll make themselves safe and they couldn't care less about the rest of the planet. I think we could all surmise that. Jamie Metzl with me now, senior fellow at the Atlantic Council and former National Security Council official in the Clinton administration. Uh, he's been a whistleblower all along the way with huge legitimate questions about the uh, the origins of this virus and former and current advisor to the WHO. Jamie, welcome back. Thanks, Brian. Happy to be with you. I swear to you, before you hopped on Tucker, I had the idea to book you on the radio show. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, but if Tucker had a great booking last night, I had you on just to talk about what you been saying, but no one was listening for months. Jamie, first yep. to what Anthony Fauci said, is he really that naive about China? Well, I, I think he's actually right in a, in a big, broad way. I mean, you would think that people in China are at risk of a terrible pandemic, just like we are. And so in principle, it's, it's in everybody's interest in China to figure out how this started and fix their biggest problem. And China has done a lot to try to find a natural origin of the virus, uh, of, the, of the outbreak. Uh, they've done nothing um, to look at the possibility of a lab incident origin. And that's why it's so, it's so terrible. I mean, China is trying to prove one hypothesis, not look at the at the full question. And that's why we need a full investigation of all the possibilities um, to get to the bottom of what happened and then fix our, our biggest problems. Jamie, a couple of things. I'll break down what you just said. Do you believe China has the best investigators of viruses? Or do you think that they would benefit from having the world help them out if they There's legitimately no want doubt. an answer? There's no doubt that they would massively benefit from the world. And I think that they're just afraid of, uh, of doing it. And it's an outrage. And as I've been saying since, since early last year, they're engaged in a monumental cover-up, um, particularly in relation to the, to the possible lab incident origin. From day one, they were destroying samples. They were hiding records. They were imprisoning Chinese citizen journalists asking basic questions. And they, have, they still have a universal gag order uh, preventing Chinese scientists. And some of these are amazing, very well-intentioned people, but from speaking or writing, really saying anything about pandemic origins without government approval. And that's why we need to have a really strong and a comprehensive investigation. It's great if China will be on board uh, with that, but if they're not, we can't give them a veto over whether or not we investigate and figure out to the best of our abilities what happened. What do you think of the quality of the WHO report on the virus? So, well, first, the, the report, it, it, people call it the WHO report as a shorthand. Um, it really wasn't a WHO report. It was an independent committee of experts with their Chinese government counterparts. 
And I've said repeatedly, it's shockingly incomplete. It was a pretty good study of one hypothesis, the natural origin hypothesis. They did basically nothing looking at the lab incident origin. And that's why I've been a very sharp critic of that, of that, of that report. And that's why I certainly supported Dr. Tedros, the WHO director general, when he said, look, this isn't a WHO report and it's incomplete and we need a full investigation of all origin hypotheses including a lab incident origin. So we know that the report that was sent in was basically choreographed and not effective. Even the WHO couldn't sign off on it, said you better pick up the ball from here. So what has changed since the last time we talked? Well, the Vanity Fair article came out on the heels of Nicholas Wade's very comprehensive look at what was going on in China and around the world. And then then we have the emails, about 3,000 Anthony Fauci emails. I can lead you any step. What was revealing for you about these emails? So um, I'll talk about the emails, and then there's some other things I want to say about about what's changed. So for me, I have to say, you know, I haven't read all of the emails, but I was pretty impressed that this 80-year-old guy who's in the middle of everything, there's so much chaos earlier last year, and he's I think he's really trying to do his best in responding. Um, to thousands of, of emails uh, coming in, there were some questions about lab incident, uh, about possible lab origins. And I think that there's no, it, it's not, I didn't see any evidence of he's doing something terrible. I think he was raising some, uh, some questions. But one thing that I did see was there was kind of a, a clubby relationship of a small number of scientists, particularly outside scientists like Christian Anderson and, and, uh, and Peter Daszak, and I think that that was the, the piece of those emails that kind of concerned me the most, because Christian Anderson, who's a, a, a very uh, renowned and, and brilliant scientist at Scripps, he ha- sent an email to Fauci early on saying, hey, something doesn't seem quite right in the genome of this virus. And I think that was appropriate and, and honest. But very soon after that, um, he became one of the leading voices saying, uh, basically poo-pooing the lab incident origin. Uh, And I know that it was challenging times uh, last year, but I think a little more uh, disclosure, a little more transparency, especially from some of those um, outside scientists, I think would have been warranted, especially because we now know um, that there was a concerted effort to label people like me who were raising legitimate questions as conspiracy theorists. And I think that, uh, that what I've called scientific propaganda really interfered with our ability um, to get to the bottom of, of, of how things started. And Jamie, when you were writing this, or tweeting this, or using social media to, to describe this, were you ever frozen? Were you ever banned? Oh, yes. No, not banned by, by social media, um, but I was blocked by both Peter Daszak and Christian Anderson. And again, it's not like I'm some kind of flamethrower. No. I'm, as, as you know, I'm a, I'm a, 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 a liberal progressive person. I'm I write books on on science issues. I mean, I, I try to be as responsible and as accountable uh, as I can be. But to get blocked on Twitter for just raising basic uh, questions, not by Twitter, um, but by these scientists who were trying to promote a unitary theory of what happened, trying to say, oh, yes, this this is absolutely natural origin or likely natural origin. I thought that was unfortunate then, and I, I think it's unfortunate now. Well, nice word, unfortunate. So calm and professional. I, I'd, be, I'd be enraged uh, because you, you, you're a credible guy. How dare they? Uh, I, I want you to hear what Robert Redfield said in March, and I'll tell you what yeah. he just said. Cut 10. Yeah. 
I am of the point of view that uh, etiology of this pathogen in Wuhan was a, from a laboratory, uh, you know, escaped. Uh, other people don't believe that. That's fine. Science will eventually figure it out. It's not unusual for respiratory pathogens that are being worked on in a laboratory to infect a laboratory worker. Okay. He has gotten death threats, according to the Vanity yeah. Fair, since he put that out. I can't book him. He won't do any shows anymore. Uh, number one, well, he says, I expect it from politi politicians and politically oriented people, but not from scientists. Yeah. No, this world's gone crazy. I mean, I think what we need, and I've said this from day one, we need a rational, data-driven, evidence-based, honest process to say, well, what are the possible hypotheses for how this started? Um, let's explore them. Let's explore them uh, them fully. And certainly, you know, I'm, I'm most critical of China um, for this massive uh, cover-up. But you know, China can do its thing. We don't have to to follow suit. And and that's why um, a number of us, but are pushing for this kind of open dialogue. And so we've had some good news and bad news, Brian, since last you and I spoke. The good news is President Biden has called for a full 90-day intelligence review uh, of by U.S. intelligence agencies exploring um, what we know and what we can know. And I know that there's going to be a lot of outreach to, to foreign governments, and he's pledged to make those findings public. So that, I think that's very positive. Very unfortunately, the World Health Assembly, which is the governing body of the World Health Organization, made up of, of uh, representatives of national governments, they concluded uh, their annual session last week and very tragically, they did not mandate a full investigation into uh, COVID origins. And so there is no full investigation in, 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 uh, into how this terrible crisis uh, began at the international level. And that's, that really harms everybody. And we're in the middle of it now. We're coming out of it quick. This might be out of your realm. But, Jamie, what's your opinion? I'm stunned. As we look at the Tokyo Olympics, I yeah. saw that. The, Jap the Japanese, who've done such a great job suppressing the virus, have only had about under 5% of their population vaccinated. What is the problem, and why aren't we helping more? Yeah, so definitely um, the, the virus, the pandemic, it's a global phenomenon. The way that we're going to make the world safer and make ourselves safer um, is by getting the whole world vaccinated. Um, but it takes it takes time. And so... Um, there are lots of, of countries like the United States where we have a lot of, of capacity and we have that kind of access. It's just right now there is not enough vaccine available um, to vaccinate everybody in, in the world. So there's a distribution challenge. I know that the, far, the, the various companies and governments are ramping up, um, but it, it, it takes time. And that's, but that's certainly why this whole thing, issue of vaccine equity, of vaccinating the world, it's not about being nice or charity it's about if we if we're all connected in this interdependent world and the way we get safe is by vaccinating everyone i think the united states we should massively ramp up our ability to develop these vaccines working closely um with the companies that are making them and i would love for us to be the, yeah. the vaccinator of the world i would too and the thing is we, if we do it on a massive level those westernized economies it would pay you know, we're not asking for a big donation or a government outreach yeah. unless it's, you know, it, these are uh, poorer nations. But if we do that and ours work, the way I understand yeah. it, the Chinese and Russians a vaccine, not effective. Brazil would be out of the woods right now if the China, vi the China vaccine was effective. So yeah, well, we could so really I mean, do a our, lot. 
ours are much better. And the issue is it would cost about $45 billion to build that capacity. And the reason the government really would need to step in in a big way, because we would ramp up, we'd build all these facilities. And then when the pandemic ends, those facilities may just be sitting there. And so we would need to have the government supporting them, making sure that they can stay in, in business. And I think that there's a there's a business case for this, but I think there's a public case. I'd love for the United States to be on guard for the world. And whenever there's a new outbreak, we're the country um, that that very rapidly creates and distributes the world's highest quality vaccines. And that kind of public-private partnership, I think, can really be at the center of that. Jamie Metzl, uh, now he's no longer it's, it's no longer safe to block you. You make too much sense, yep. but I knew that all along. Senior fellow at the Atlantic awesome, Council, uh, former National Security Council official. Any other title you want me to get out there, a book you want me to plug? Well, you know, my most recent book is Hacking Darwin, Genetic Engineering and the Future of Humanity. And if people want to learn more about the origins of the pandemic, I have more than you could ever want at my website, jamiemetzel.com. See, that was the book I was going to write. Now I'm going to have to come up with a new title. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate All right, my it. my friend. Anytime. All right, take it. care. Bye. Back in a moment. Listen, I'm going to find out if there's indeed more to know next. Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 